Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. That's... Yeah. They have asked for that, really. France are going to the World Cup. Get over This fellow Ronaldo is a cod. Boom, 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 foul. Boom, 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 yellow card. Nah, it's actually don't, sir. I have to ask you to mind your language. I suggest you shut up and show more football. Good lad. I don't throw teacups. It's not my style. I think I'd rather throw punches. What you doing down here, you shiny man? It's the final Irish Times Second House podcast of 2015. Oh, my David here with Kieran Murphy and Ken Early. Hi, Hello there, Owen. Ken, how are you? Happy New Year's. Um, it's not a bit premature. Yeah, we're not there yet, but so, yeah, we might as well. Why not? It's a concept I've slowly come around to. What, New Year's Eve? Yeah. You've come around to it. Mm. You used you used to n- dislike it, and now you're starting to like it. Is that what you're telling me? Yeah, loving it. Last four or five years. Uh, why? Why is this transformation? Your, I, I used to just uh, maybe when I was maybe late teens, early twenties. There were too many bad nights where you go into town yeah. and have not great nights in packed places. Whereas now you just sit at home and eat. Have friends over, people you don't see that often. Maybe you would have seen them too much back in your early 20s. <laughs> and now these friends. The exact same friends. <laughs> yeah, yeah, pretty much the same guys. Absent friends. Yeah. That's what New Year's Eve so, is you, all are about. Are you a fan? Um, pff, never really. thought about it until you've just been asked this question. Literally never. What would you usually do? What would your plan be for tonight? Now? I'm going over to my friend's house. Mm-hmm. I'm going to hang out there. Great, Murph. Anything more exciting than that? <laughs> You've been over to the UK, of course. How's, uh, yeah, it, yeah, how, yeah. How are, how are oh, they? God, Owen. It's like a whole new... I, I'm, I had to go over to visit the in-laws. Mm-hmm. No, you wanted to go over and visit the in-laws. I, sorry, phrase. I went over to visit the in-laws. <laughs> yeah. Oh, God. That's really bad. Uh, I went over to visit the in-laws, and it's like a... It's just a whole other world over there. Pubs open at Christmas, all that kind of thing. They call it Boxing Day. Or boxing Day. I mean... It's a lot for a young man to, you know, to get his head around, mm-hmm. you know. Um, but, you know, it was good. It was good. Um, you know, I kind of feel like, uh, you know, th- I've learned something, you know. But I definitely don't want to try anything else new. You know, <laughs> Christmas is, is, is a time where, for better or worse, you do the exact same thing over and over and over again. And I, I feel like, okay, you know, that, that's grand. But that, my, the time for experimentation over the holiday season is now over. So what I've done the last couple of uh, last couple of years, and which I've done again this year, is to go down the country, friends have rented a house, go down there, relax, oh. drink, and uh, I mean I think what the the secret that you've stumbled upon there is to stay away from the public. That's basically what it sounds like on uh, vast crowds of people, uh, 
areas. Well, uh, no, I see again. You think about the era I'm talking about: late '90s, early '90s. There's not a taxi to be found. I mean, I, I'd be walking. I'd 18, be walking home to Kilmacud. I was, that was never on fun. Millennium Eve. Yeah. On. As fellow presenters of this podcast, I've got a question that I want to ask you both. Yeah. Mm-hmm. How do you guys react when we're out at our live shows and people come up, listeners come up and say, I love the remixes you guys put together. And the yeah. one on Rugby League was brilliant. Yeah, 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 yeah. It, full disclosure? Or do, if, you, do you just say, thanks, I, was, I slaved over that one? If, if I'm there beside Mark Horgan, who does all these, mm-hmm. I take credit for it. But if Mark isn't there, then I will grudgingly give the man his his, his <laughs> juice. Yeah, well, I claim the credit too, I gotta, I gotta say. But it's time to put that right tonight by showcasing the work of our wonderful producers by revealing the top five Irish Times second captain's remixes of 2015. As chosen by you, these are the most requested, most listened to clips of the year, starting at number five. Who doesn't like a bit of rugby league? In the final and on in again. And oh, what about that? Send him off! Send the drink to get off! Get him off the field! That was diabolical! Get him off the field! That's just typical of what he is! Get him walking! They don't like it! Walk it, Campbell, you've got it bottle! If you've got it bottle, Campbell, it should walk! That was absolutely diabolical! That should be sent off! He's going to be yellow card. A gas bank. Oh, what about that? Send him off. Send the dirty guys off. You'll ball this get, Campbell. A gas bank. Now here we are. All the station. Nothing's the same to me. Never mind everybody else, Murph. Castleford is the best yeah. club in the world. If that's number five, uh, yeah, we're, we're in good shape. That's the 1994 Regal Trophy final between Castleford and their hated rivals, Wigan. Mm. Bonus points for you if you can name the commentator. Oh, um... Uh, only because we've been asked this a million times on Twitter. It's Mick, Mike Morgan, Mick Morgan, Mick Morgan. But I don't think anyone's gonna. <laughs> we would argue you with Mick there. Yeah, Murph. Okay, this number four now. This dirty git did get sent off twenty years ago. Kung Fu kicked a supporter. 
Well, I care not one jot, Ken, about Jonathan Pierce's lack of objectivity there. That is the way I'm to come to it. Too busy laughing. <laughs> That's my favourite one, actually. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I really we'll like we'll the rugby league one, to be honest. But maybe I'm just forgetting the other. What do you What do you particularly like about that one? I just like the the kind of it makes me feel nostalgic. Mm. You know, just the kind of music is sort of sad, and then Jonathan Pierce doing his nut <laughs> is a nice contrast, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, reminds me of a. Happy time in my life. So, mm. Jonathan Pierce, uh, before even before the sending off, if you listen back to the entire clip, yeah, you almost uh, think yeah. we've joined it halfway through the incident. You know yeah. that he's yeah. already kung fu kicked someone. He just finds another gear. Yeah, he finds a whole other gear of outrage that right. we just you just didn't see coming. As Notorious B.I.G. once said, "This should have been number one to me." Beefa made a movie recently. Did they? John Delaney could run anything. They did, they did, actually. About themselves. Yeah, about themselves. God, that's ego, isn't it? He could run FIFA. Certainly better than Sad Blatter. Yeah, that is, that's incredibly ego, but the real movie's on its way. Yeah, I'm off to see the Queen tomorrow too, don't forget that. No, no, don't forget that. In 2009, I called him an embarrassment to FIFA and an embarrassment to himself. And I, and I said it to him across the table, just like I'm talking to you. We were not too explicit. He said, no one speaks to me like that. And you said? And I said, what I do? And that was it. We were not too explicit. And I just asked her to move on. It was an extraordinary moment. She, she was here, she tell you, just stared at her for seven or eight seconds. And I said, move on now, please. And then he moved. When I went in and told him how I felt about him, yeah. and there were some expletive views, we came to an agreement. It's a very good agreement for FBI. Yeah. And you've used the figure there. Well done to you. I'm s- <laughs> I still don't know. <laughs> Uh, I, I want I want to have sit, sat in on that production meeting with Ray Darcy and his producers mm. and just seen how much thought had gone into the style of questions that's going to be asked, the just how deliberate the approach was mm. because there was a serious give the guy enough rope oh, vibe there was. of that. Uh, the, well, the question about the movie is just... <laughs> it's, it's the, well, it's, it's the greatest sports question asked in 2015 or perhaps any other year, I have yeah. to say. Yeah, and it must have been just off the top of his head because, you know, he didn't know Delaney was going to mention that movie, did he? He was so relaxed. Oh, I don't know, uh, but he, he had Delaney as relaxed as you know. You have John Delaney here. You're talking about all this stuff. We're probably going to be more challenging. Yeah. I, I would, I would hope. Well, I would have thought, you know, but maybe the, we wouldn't have got anywhere near the same insight. You know the Ace Fable on about the sun and the wind. Yeah. You know the one where they're trying of to course, challenge each other. The mm-hmm. They challenge each other to. They they see a traveler. <laughs> And uh, the, this, traveler, uh, the wind says to the sun, I bet I can get this guy to get his, to take his coat off. And the sun says, oh, yeah. Uh, the wind says, yeah, watch this. And blows and blows and blows as hard as he can. But all the guy does is just wrap the coat around himself more tightly. Then the sun says, watch this. And shines down at him as, as brightly as he can. And what happens only on the guy takes his coat off by his own volition. So there's more than one way to skin a cat or to get a man to take his coat off or indeed to make the chief executive of the Football Association <laughs> blurt out some things that he afterwards wishes he hadn't said. Football is a people's game and 2015 was the year that the people became the stars. See if you don't got this open mother of you. You're a wee mate. Your bags and your desk. Boom. Your bags and your desk. Boom. I mean it. I'm fucking raging. Speaking from my heart. Who would I want in? I've got my teddy boots here in. Mr. Tate, how you doing? Not too good after tonight. You got the job on the technicality of a legend who recommended you. Take no beat, edit 
techno beat, that techno, that techno, that techno beat. Just what's up? Don't try to get so deep. You know me, but I can't yell me. I can't yell me. I can't yell me. I can't yell, can't yell, can't yell me. You have lost the fans tonight. You don't deserve the fans. What's it, fans? Just need to fucking work on it. You are nothing. You are a fool, and you are a waste of time. Good night. Oh, the Guinness Book of Records stuff. Get a grip. He's the biggest fool in Manchester. That is probably my favourite. You see, yeah, this sorry. is the problem. I with completely it. forgot. I should have looked at the top five and then decided which remixes of this quality. It just, it just keep. Well, let's ask Richie Sad. Richie Sadder has joined us here. The number one. How are you, Richie? Lads, how are you doing? Your, well? fa- your favourite so far? Uh, the John Delaney one. I enjoyed that. a little bit of everything. That <laughs> yeah, should be in any remix. Yeah, every every box was taken. That it was it was a thing of beauty. It really was. Yeah, another thing of beauty. The number one second captain's remix of, remix of 2015. I think you know where we're going to go with this one. Randolph sends it long. That's his kind of size. Shane Long's in behind the defence. Shane Long against Moyer. Shane Long's failure. Hector. And there's the star. The Irrenführer with 1-0 in the 70. minute. Lafarge the but. Magnifique. Porté par un public en liesse. L'Irlande veut croire à l'exploit. Grâce à son super sub. Shane Long. Shane Long. Yeah, there we go. Shane Long banging that goal in against Germany, much to the joy of many commentators around Europe, not the German commentator so much. Richie, warm memories of that moment? I have very vivid memories of the moment, yeah. I'm not sure if I could describe them as warm. The, the whole night, actually, just a little bit of background, I, yeah. I, I wasn't working in the Aviva that night. I, I'd been speaking to RT in the build-up to the game. I knew I wasn't on the panel, and they were maybe trying to create some kind of a touchline role, maybe me and Didi Haman doing mm-hmm. something. It all fell through anyway, but by the time it fell through, the radio slots had been filled, so I had the night off. I thought, this is great. Perfectly timed, biggest game in years. I'm going to get to watch it and sit back and have nothing else on yeah, my mind. Yeah, probably rarely happens for our Rarely, because yeah. you know, when, you, when, you, when you're working, you, it's just a different experience different. when yeah, you're working. Yeah. Um, another little bit of background, a few months earlier, I had I'd been away in the summer and I'd, I'd met a girl. Mm-hmm. Struck a bit of a relationship, all going well. And just as the anthems were being played in the Aviva, I started getting text messages from her and she seemed a bit flustered. Mm-hmm. She says, you know, can you give me a ring? So I rang her. She was crouched down in the balcony of the building that she works and sleeps in to avoid machine gun fire. She was panicking. And her reason to ring me was so that I could calm her down a little bit. Right. And I was like, you know, when you talk to anyone who's in a bit of a pickle, you know, like set the scene, like what, what, what's, where are you? Who's around? What, what, what can you see? Um, and she was based over in Palestine and a group of local settlers had, had armed themselves with machine guns and were just going on the rampage for the night. And she's kind of sallow skinned, so she didn't want to be mistook as a Palestinian, so she had to crouch down. And she was obviously... The volume in her voice was down a little bit, which made it hard to hear. But Mm. the machine guns in the background were loud, which made it difficult to hear. So I was kind of going, can you you talk up a little bit? But maybe not so loud that you'd be heard. Mm. And so she put down the phone. And again, it's that awkward thing. What's the right moment in a conversation with someone who's facing machine gun fire to say, listen, kickoff is about to start? Yeah, that awkward moment that we've all had. We, we've sure. all been there. That's we've all been oh there. My, that's unbelievable. There's not a lot I can do for you so, from here. She was okay. End. We need to confirm so, that. She, no, she is still yeah. alive today. But, yep. but throughout the game, 
like honestly every few minutes w- w- I maintained contact with her by text mm. literally just to as proof of life mm. as just to so I would know that she is still alive and hasn't been shot which totally takes from the experience of watching a match like if you're ever at home and you're watching a match on TV and you're getting involved with a row on Twitter or you're texting someone or someone's in the room talking to you you can't you're not really focused on the match yeah that was my experience that <laughs> night and Shane Long's goal went I, I was, it was I had a brilliant seat as well. I managed to fluke my way into some part of the media area which had like no seats around it. So I had like leg room. I could get up and like there was a lot I could have done if I wanted to really celebrate. But I just kind of stood up and seemed to be put my hand in the air, gave a bit of a yelp. And then I was like, right, back to business. Text is, is when's the last text that came from her? So it was a particular memory. One nil, exclamation mark, exclamation mark, exclamation mark. I'm sure, I'm sure she would have. It would. It would have been a bit of light relief. I'm sure. Yeah, she. I mean, I was getting updates later on as, as to what was going on in the in the part of town she was in, and so then I did my bit and said, you know, still one nil, <laughs> <laughs> still one nil here. You want to see the atmosphere? <laughs> I was going to tell a story about a tourist waving an iPad around in my face, taking a video as I was trying to celebrate, but mm. it all just were you not in the media box at the no, time? I was in the, no, I was there at my fiance. I think I told this story at the. She wasn't waving the iPad in my face, no. um, but the, the lady in front of me. Well, sorry, not in my face. You know, it's just somebody who was t- taking nonstop videos and catches the money shot and is taking videos of the crowd mm. and you only become conscious of it afterwards you're thinking oh no I really was screaming like an idiot into this iPad but you know, I, I dragged my fiance to quite a few sporting events over the uh, years not very many good football matches likes of Republic of Ireland and Sweden mm. and we lost 2-1 ah, just a lot of a lot of it was, drab. It was by a long way from being the worst yeah. match mm, well try telling her that again so I finally <laughs> finally got to bring her to a uh, huge soccer occasion which she was blown away by mm. now she was a little bit freaked out by my attempting to bear hug her and sort of mm. <laughs> take her down as part of the celebration so I, I turned to another neighbour not the one with the iPad just some dude I was standing beside me and we hugged yeah. uh, quite vigorously for quite a while mm. that's my story Ken who are you that's celebrating nice. with? I was uh, sitting next to Emmett Malone uh, bear hugs? Uh, no but I no cheering in the press box I have a weird but habit. you are allowed bear hug in the press yeah. box Paul Kimmage once told me off recently the night we qualified for standing <laughs> and cheering I, 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 applaud, <laughs> I, I, I applauded the team I stood up and applauded the team off at half time mm. this is in the second leg of the Bosnia playoff and he looks at me and said that yeah. really did he actually say no cheering in the press box yeah he told me off for you, smoking you, once. You did, well, <laughs> you did well to last this long in life without getting told off. When by did the smoking, <laughs> that was first. When did the smoking lecture arrive? Uh, in the during the two thousand and two World Cup. Wow. Were you like, you know, smoking in his face, or, or no? Or was it like, were you? Was the smoke coming from you, annoying him, or was it just a general you shouldn't smoke? No, I'll tell you what it was. Uh, we were there. Um, it was remember that press conference where Niall Quinn kind of wept. Yeah, tears of of uh, grief at what was becoming of every, everyone. You know, why can't everyone just get along? <laughs> and uh, that was in Ismo, uh, which is like this kind of small town. Uh, so, so uh, you know, on the kind of north east north east coast of Japan, yeah, northwest coast of Japan. So then we uh, after that press conference, I remember I, I David Walsh was there. David Walsh, Sunday Times journalist. So um, I had kind of been introduced to him by a mutual acquaintance who was Alan English, actually, who's now the editor of the Limerick Leader. He said, oh, you know, David Walsh is going to be over there. So if you see him, you know, say hello to him and I'll tell him to, you know. So I was, I'd said hello to David Walsh and he was very nice. Uh, anyway, he's obviously uh, <laughs> good friends with Paul Kimmage. 
and uh, they were they were talking away then it was obviously uh, there was a lot of drama going on there was this whole Roy Keane Saipan situation was in full swing anyway so I was walking along the the gooseberry uh, as as uh, Kimmage and Walsh engaged in some high level journalist talk about the you know Keane situation and you know on, this was on a on a walk back from where the press conference was and to Kimmage the had done hotel. one of the interviews that was going to be mm. subsequently yeah, published he had but the interview in the Irish Times came out first sure. I think. But anyway, I was just um, walking along, listening to the, the, these two journalistic greats mm. uh, discussing the uh, thing. And obviously not really saying too much, but kind of like, maybe I should try it. Maybe I should say something, you know, from time to time. I don't want to be I don't want to be rude here. Like, mm. you know, I, I'm not I don't, I don't kid myself that these men have actual any respect for me. You know, I'm, I'm like, a, you know, a squirt here. Mm-hmm. But, you know, maybe I should say something from time to time. And and the walk from the press conference to the, to the thing uh, took about uh, 40 minutes. So I was obviously a little bit tense and I was smoking, I suppose, quite a lot. Uh, I mean, not just one cigarette at a time, like, but, you know, maybe two or three cigarettes over the course of the thing. And there was some point at which Paul Kimmage suddenly broke off whatever... Uh, the thread of the train of thought he was pursuing on Roy Keane to turn around and snub at me. When are you ever going to stop smoking? <laughs> <laughs> and I remember kind of jumping. I was like, Jesus. You know, and I, and, and I think I actually put the cigarette out. You know? Because I, I was kind of looking at him like in terror kind of thinking Sorry, no Paul. one has, no one has, but except my mother has ever spoken to me like that. You know, I didn't know what to make of it. So I don't think I said anything else. Did you just that. drop off the back? Now, the back of the peloton, so to speak. Kind of, kind of. Uh, as as we walk, you know, the way it kind of ended up veering slightly, so that I was in. Uh, let's say David Walsh would have been blocking the passing lane between me yeah. and Paul Kimmage. Uh but you know, uh, yeah. No, so, that's, that's, uh, that's a that's a look. He speaks his, speaks his mind. We know that about Paul. What happened with you and Emmett then this time? Fast forward. Well, I have like years. an involuntary habit of, at a moment of excitement in a match, clutching the shoulder of the person next to me. Yeah. I don't yeah, know sorry, I... I've noticed that. Yeah, really? yeah, 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 yeah. Have I done that to you? At the rugby, down oh, in Argentina yeah. again. Yeah, the it's shoulder was near. It nearly fell off me. It's up. not the shoulder; it's slightly below. It's in between. It's more. It's the in between the elbow arm. and shoulder. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I've had and that as well from you. He kind of grabs it quite forcibly. forcibly yeah. Yeah. yeah, I've done it to Miguel Delaney certainly a few times with various Ireland. I, I some I somehow end up sitting next to him. Maybe it's because he's D and I'm E, and we're from the same country. So sometimes we get put sitting next mm. to each other. Um, but in this occasion, it was Emmett Malone and. Uh, I remember as Shane Long was running through, grabbing Emma's shoulder. <gasps> and uh, I mean, it was an amazing finish. It was just, yes, I can't believe he finished it so well. It's not, it wasn't the first time I'd seen Shane Long run through on goal uh, at the Aviva, but it was probably the best of the, uh, of the finishes. Could the victory against Bosnia, and particularly that second leg performance, have happened without the win against Germany? I don't mean mathematically necessarily, but in terms of the confidence that that gave Ireland, we certainly felt like the fans needed it and Lands End Road needed it and probably the media, everyone who follows a football team needed it. Did the players themselves, you think, actually need to beat a big team for the first time in a long time? Well, I think it must have helped. Um, it's difficult from a distance to work out exactly what impact it had on them, but w- we know the kind of impact it had on everyone outside the dressing room. Because yeah, we, we would have gone through, even a draw, as it turns out, would have been fine to get into a playoff, uh, if I remember correctly. I think the it, the fans needed to see something. Certainly, I'll talk about my own point. Like I, I, 
every time we come in here before an Irish match and, and, and we talk about our expectations of the team, there was, keep saying again, there, there wasn't a performance and certainly there wasn't a result that you could look at and say, this is why I think this team can give a really high level performance and why they can go and beat you know, the reigning World Cup holders. So um, I don't know if that belief was within the squad beforehand at all, but surely the, the impact of that result going into the Bosnia game, you just look around the dressing room and say, lads, you know, we've beaten Germany relatively recently on this pitch we can sure as damn beat Bosnia who we drew away with the previous few nights so that that must have factored into their thinking before yeah we did finish three points ahead so in the end a draw would have been fine against Germany that night but it didn't feel like that at the time and there was a lot going on in that Poland-Scotland game as well because we didn't know what result we wanted from that that was changing as our result was the result that we wanted was before the game was presuming that we were either either going to lose or draw Mm. and then that result the result that we were looking for before the game from the Scotland game actually came true. Yeah. And uh, yeah, it just took a moment, I think, for everyone to say, right, no, actually, the world is completely turned upside down. <laughs> We've just beaten Germany, so the the opposite result yeah. must also be the case uh, over there. Can't take us back to, I was going to say the start of the year to remind us how bad things look, but maybe more around June time, the, mm. the time of our home game against Scotland, given everything that was swirling around at the time. Yeah, uh, it was terrible. Um, there was, there, there was a very exciting time of the year generally in football. Mm-hmm. There was uh, the Champions League final was was on, but also the FIFA Congress, um, the FIFA Congress, and this was, this became very exciting when a whole series of officials were arrested, you know, in a dawn raid, uh, and I remember John Delaney uh, began to take over the airwaves, not just in Ireland but around. The world, uh, as he led the charge against Sepp Blatter's corrupt FIFA regime, and he became one of the the main the the main sort of firebrands who was speaking out against Blatter uh, and garnering more and more attention and indeed praise. Ultimately, leading up to that fateful <laughs> Ray Darcy interview. <laughs> Oh, in which the waxy wings melted away and John Day plummeted into, you know, a cold sea of his own, <laughs> of complexity, which he, from which he successfully emerged, you know. <laughs> uh, there, were, there was, questions were asked about the five million, things got a little sticky for a while, but ultimately everything worked out okay. Uh, As it did for the team, because was, that was around the time of the Scotland home game. Which... Don't forget on the England game. Don't forget that. Oh, England I was game. at that. I, I had actually totally forgotten that. Oh, I think the England game was a low point. That was one of the games that I brought my fiance to again. Oh, Never God. seen a person more still divinely bored in their lives while trying to be polite about it. Why didn't you just, just going to stop atmosphere. bringing her to games? Like, she didn't want to go. How many she been bring to? Her. Like, well, are we talking oh, Ireland, Germany? So uh, I'm Irish internationals. I'm going to presume she's um, she's the bug has bitten. Well, maybe, maybe that might. That she's more. She's more into the rugby, but you know, the World Cup failure might might <laughs> knock her off that bandwagon. So, how does it come out? Does she ask to be brought along? Do you invite who? Who makes the suggestion initially? Think, are, you, are you pushing her into something she's uncomfortable with, or is she? Now that you mention it, <laughs> it usually is me <laughs> inviting her along, as opposed to any great burning okay. desire. Maybe you it. might look at that. Future. <laughs> That, that, is, that, that is something for old to ponder. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Get that sorted before the marriage. The, the Does game. this person ever actually want to accompany me to another match? <laughs> or anywhere. Just have a <laughs> well, think more generally. So, hopefully somewhere. Have a think generally. That's in a bit of bother. Whether you're constantly the, the one suggesting dinner or drinks or anything like that. <laughs> or marriage. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Pretty sure after. she said. Yeah. Oh, listen, that was the day after the Champions League final. So I had to fly back that morning, uh, basically having had no sleep, uh, fly back. Uh, and sit through 
a really bad game. The game. Mm. A really bad game. A game which made you think that this is a dying sport. In both <laughs> of these countries, this sport is dying away. You know, nobody can can be bothered. You know, when you think back to Ireland and England games of the past, they've been these huge national occasions. This was just a, a joke. I think this was the game where Richie went on Twitter asking people for suggestions about what he could talk about. On the highlight yeah, show. Yeah, really? I, I, I recall, yes. Yeah, was, we, we, yeah, we... It was like uh, so an hour and 40 minutes it, of... It was an afternoon kickoff, wasn't it? Yeah, or something. Yeah, so yeah, we, yeah. we were due on, I don't know, eight or nine o'clock in, in the evening. So, And it was very clear fairly early on in the game that there was going to be nothing noteworthy going to happen in that 90 minutes at all. And it turned out to be the case. And we're looking, oh no, we have about 18 minutes or something or 20 minutes of mm. talk time after the game, at the end of the show, to try and analyse it. And how do you say for 20 minutes, like, that was an utter waste of time, we've learned nothing, it was pointless, someone somewhere made money, but football-wise, it was a non-event. Well, there was... What about politically, though, Richie? That's what we got into. Healing, the healing process. You know, there was the Ireland uh, respecting God Save... The Irish fans respecting God Save the Queen at Croke Park. I've never seen a more respectful bunch of fans than those England fans at the Aviva Stadium. Literally, not a swear word was uttered on that tiny little terrace. Well, the only attempt they made was to call for it was what was it? Was some, there was a chat, the chat linking to Lane. He built yeah. your ground. That was it. Yeah, Blatter built your ground. And then the uh, the boys in green on the other side are all clapping along, and then the England fans said, "Ah." Oh. We thought no, we, we were doing that to rile you. Yeah. Yeah. You're not getting this. Yeah, that's what we, you could lustily agree. So, did you get much feedback when you when you made the call out for things to talk about? No, but well, yeah. I mean, I think the John Delaney um, story was was big that week, so yeah. we ended up talking about that. Myself and Ronnie Whelan were on the show. I remember mm. we we kind of differing views on. We took different approaches to the story, so um, we had something to talk about. But yeah. the game was best forgotten like ten minutes after kickoff. Did mm. that make you think more, even more so, kind of the competitive game against Scotland? This was only friendly after all. Did it actually, besides the sheer boredom of watching it, did it make you fear for Ireland's yeah. prospects and the rest of the group? Well, especially when you've just you've just been watching like um, Messi and Neymar and Suarez, and then it suddenly did Jamie Vardy play in that game? Don't think so. No. Um, just, just this kind of lunk-headed game between these two awful teams. It just, it just looked like a different sport. The ball just seemed even to move differently. It was like wobbling every time it was kicked, you know. So it, it puts you in a dark frame of mind. Then we got this bad result against Scotland. Uh, and the thing about the Scotland game, I remember, was that we had played reasonably well. It was one of our best performances up to that point. And it kind of had all the players that you think, you know, should be included. You know, all the moaning that everyone's been doing, all the moaning we used to do Trapatoni about leaving out guys like Hillary. Everyone was playing in that who you think might be able to positively affect the outcome of the performance and still wasn't good enough. So at that point you thought, well, we can, we're not going to make it. We're definitely not going to make it. Um, O'Neill was saying we can definitely, we can do it. There will be twists and turns. I, I thought, no. No, I thought he was going through the motions a little bit, which he obviously wasn't. Uh, maybe he might have felt like he, he was doing. But uh, how did we actually resurrect it then? How do you go from that to beating Germany a short time later? Um, well, we had the game against Georgia and Gibraltar. The games against Georgia and Gibraltar. Mm. Um, so we got a few points. Uh, but, you know, they, they didn't really make a difference. You kind of, they were the games we had to win anyway. So our situation scoreboard was... Scoreboard pressure, though, Ken. Hmm? Scoreboard pressure. Yeah, that's, that's true. What, that's, what, that's what happened. And Georgia, uh, Scotland were the ones who, who messed it up. <laughs> so that's what resurrected us. Scotland messed it up and suddenly... But we still didn't have a great chance. We still only had a chance yeah. as a result of that. It was beating Germany that 
that did it. I mean, beating Germany is unbelievable. You know, I've been to see Ireland play Germany a few times, and it's always the same story. Uh, well, okay, I hadn't been, I hadn't been to the one-all draw away, but usually they add classes and score a lot of goals. They were in a position in the group where they they couldn't afford to be as complacent as they maybe had been in the in in their home game when you know they just won the World Cup and uh, we'll obviously get, easily get through this group. They had to try and make sure they topped the group, and uh, I expected them to to slice through us, and uh, that didn't happen. I remember my memory that the the, the summer fixtures was in the build up to the Scotland game. I don't know if you remember about four days before the game, it was a front page in one of the papers. RTE axe Giles. And it was it was to do with the, the 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 fact that John wasn't due to be on the panel on the Saturday, and, and there was various leaks from various people about their opinions and the whole thing. But I remember, I, I didn't react to anything on Twitter at all. But but everywhere I went, I'd have people saying, "Richie Jesus, what have you done to Giles?" And <laughs> <laughs> it, it started like that. But by the end of the week, it was as if I'd crept into the man's room and put a pillow over his head and smothered him. It was like it was like you, Mike Beth. Yeah, it, 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 was, it was. I was being accused of all sorts, and I was. Oh, some lads, I've just. I no, did the away game. Has anyone? Has everyone forgotten that? Yeah, I that did was the, the away weirdest game. thing about that one. Yeah. Did it, Did you feel under more pressure to? Not at all. I was no. looking forward to it more than any other game. I, th- I genuinely was looking forward to it more than any other show I'd been on because there was obviously the game itself was important, but also I wanted the final whistle and the end of the program to come as quick. So, so all this nonsense would just no one w- would talk to me about it again. But I also had the added pressure actually on that day. Of I had to write a piece for the Sunday Independent for the following day, but because of the kickoff time, I had a thirty-five minute window <laughs> between the end of the program. So when Dara says goodbye, thirty-five minutes from that point to the deadline to send my piece in. So I'd arrange for some somebody somewhere found a quiet spot in the Viva, and my laptop was waiting for me. So as soon as Dara said goodbye, I didn't even shake hands with anyone in the room. I just got up and sprinted. <laughs> and then I remember at the time, I, it was like the the outlook was bleak. I remember we were two points behind Scotland. So we knew we needed like a three-point swing and we both had four games left. But one of them was Gibraltar. We had effectively three games to catch up three points in Scotland and I didn't think that was going to happen. Um, so my column was along the lines of, it's done, you know, it's not going to happen. O'Neill's been a disappointment. The search for success needs to happen, like begin now. They're done. Yeah. But I got it down on time. <laughs> <laughs> Timely and orderly uh, exactly. article. The, we were talking about this last week, whether whose achievement was bigger, Michael O'Neill or Martin O'Neill's? Michael O'Neill won the BBC Sports Personality Manager of the Year, the RTE Sports Person Manager of the Year, and the interestingly, the Phillips Manager of the Year was shared between the two of them. Would you have a, a favourite there? I think Ken was on Martin's side, Murph is a Michael O'Neill man. I think it, if you look at the result, like the achievement is the same. They've both got their countries to the finals. So, so that's level. But the, what Michael had to work with like if you, we've, I think we've had this chat before, didn't we, at the outside yeah. podcast. Combine the squads, pick any 11 players you like. There isn't many from Michael's squad that would make the, the final cut at all. Maybe one, possibly two players. Mm. Um, so for that reason for me, just and, and they were impressive from the start of the tournament right through. Yeah. Like the outcome was the same, both qualified great, but, but the way in which Michael did it and the players he had, like the resources he had were far inferior to what Michael had to work with. I have a slight concern about one of the players who could have represented Northern Ireland, Ken, is very much representing the Republic of Ireland at Euro 2016. That's James McLean. That is James McLean, yeah. yeah. I don't know if you saw his horror tackle uh, about a, 
little while ago. Yeah. Um, <laughs> against Bournemouth. Against yeah. Bournemouth. He's been banned for three games, so, so he's unlike a nice, him. quiet Christmas but, for... Well, this is the issue, but he defense. seems to be... He's, he's in the headlines a lot, right? And you can agree or disagree with his various stances that he's taken on issues and how public he's been on them. But on the field... I don't think he's helping himself. He should have been sent off against, wasn't the Spurs a couple of weeks before that. Uh, he, yeah, he took Dembele. Dembele had quite a similar tackle. And this one on Adam Smith of Bournemouth was insane. I've actually, it's pretty rare on match of the day that someone like Jermaine Genus really hammers a specific player. Jermaine Genus said he tried to hurt him there, which is a pretty big thing actually for a pundit to say, for well, a, a former I, player to say. No, he actually tried to hurt Usually they couch it in certain terms that he there was a danger he could have hurt him. Adam Smith in the interview afterwards um, I forgot his right name Adam Smith yeah said that he he saw the McLean tackle coming and actually jumped just got himself up in the air so that his leg wasn't planted because it would have been broken if he had it planted and it was just the fact that there had been an, an incident of just a few seconds previous to that where McLean felt he'd been failed by Smith and wasn't given the free kick ran after him waited till he got the ball and went in all of it just didn't, I'm sure you've, I'm sure it'll be fine but you just worry about McLean sometimes that for all, everything he brings to the team in terms of energy and especially coming off the bench if you miss time one of those tackles or if you just lose the head as he did in that case you're screwed in a tournament like the yeah. Euros you can't play against Italy or Belgium with 10 men and I think as well that it's nearly a part of the it, it, it's what McLean thinks the team wants and the crowd wants is for him to come on with 25 minutes to go and to immediately get involved in some way whether that's through like a reducer tackle or like a big mad sprint down the wing, he he seems to think that inside the first three or four minutes, I need to do something here to get myself into the game. And more often than not, it's with a really reckless challenge. Yeah. And he's he's a yellow card waiting to happen. And in these tournaments, yellow cards are oh, so often right cards. I mean, he, he, did, he did it against Poland. If you remember, he came on against Poland. And within a few minutes, he nailed Arkadiusz Milik. Yeah. And... Destroyed him like he he, he wrecked his, loved it. He wrecked his knee. Milik was out for weeks. He, he was tweeting photos of his injured knee. Um, it was horrific. It was a similar type of thing uh, to the tackle against um, Smith, the Bournemouth player. Um, but that's just that's just what McLean thinks is, you know, exactly as you're saying. It's what the crowd wants. Although he did say, I remember him saying after the um, uh, the playoff, he came on as a sub and that and just fouled everyone. And he said then afterwards, I think uh, I broke the world record for most fouls in a cameo, cameo appearance. <laughs> uh, that was just nerves going in the field. I think everyone had that. So maybe he just needs to chill, you know? I mean, a friend of mine was saying the other day, I was saying on Twitter that I love the fact that, you know, the Tracy Chapman song, Fast Car. Mm. Fast Car was like Manchester United's, one of the one of the top dressing room songs for Manchester United <laughs> before they went down into the field. Yeah, seriously. Yeah. Really? Yeah. Uh, Tracy Chapman. Tracy Chapman, fast car. You know that's what they played before they entered the pitch. Yeah, real. It's the only now. album in Richie's car. Really? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's why I'm amazed. It's just <laughs> working the market as a checkout girl. You know those kinds of. But uh, it's a classic song. Let's not. It's brilliant. I'm not brilliant mocking song. the song in any way. Of course. I uh, remember we were driving, but uh, so a friend of mine said, "Oh, Fergie, such a pro. Emotional lyrics about grasping your destiny by working together. You know, as compared to say." The dropkick Murphys, which is just you try to charge straight out of the dugout and get sent off immediately. You know? <laughs> so maybe it's just a question of what James McLean needs to be listening to. If not Tracy Chapman, then whale noises or something calming. He is. I remember, I think it was the Bosnia second leg. It mightn't have been that, but I, I think it was sitting next to Dion Fanning. And as soon as McLean came on, he just said something like, he's either he's a 
either going to get sent off or get someone else sent off. Mm. And I think yeah. in, in a few moments he got booked. He got booked within, within like three minutes. Yeah, within, and he and looked at the answer, right? It looks like it's, it's, it's option A. He's <laughs> going for it. Would you be worried, though, for the Euros? Yeah, because I, I don't think he's going to. I don't think he's going to start. He's not really a starter. He's been used mainly as a substitute, and when he comes on as a substitute, he wants to make it's his mark on the game. Yes, yeah. And often, I mean, that's what he'll, he'll have been told. Presumably, get in there and affect things, make a difference. I mean, make Roy Keane is always saying, yeah. Roy Keane is, you know, says like, you know, get in there, make a tackle, you know. And he does. It's it's James McLean we're talking about. It's not Damien Duff. He does actually have to do that. Yeah. <laughs> Otherwise, he's not very effective if if he's not getting stuck in. But I, I guess it's the balance. Yeah, it is. It's that thing. It's the balance. If if he he is he, he does come across in when you look at him as you look at him as right this one is a bit of a headbanger like that he he does need to control himself in 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 much more effective ways but there there is a value to that like if he stays just to the right side of the line and and he's not getting booked he'll impact an opponent he might put a little bit of doubt in their mind the next time he has the ball and the moment of hesitation he can capitalize it and you know in a tournament all the little moments all add up and they could be key but surely there's a better way. Well, Martin O'Neill will have plenty of time to have chats with him over the weeks leading up to the tournament. He's going to be staying, both Martin O'Neill, James McLean, all of them can be staying in rather a nice pad over in France. I've just been checking it out. Yeah, where is it? It's literally right next to the palace at Versailles. (laughs) Literally right there, overlooking it. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Maybe un- maybe being overlooked by it, it's probably not quite on Under, the same underlooking scale. it, I like that. Yeah. The, the hotel is right there, like on the grounds. I don't even know if there's a fence between it. It's it's <laughs> unbelievable. It's literally the poshest place all of the any Irish- football team has ever stayed for a summer tournament. Yeah, all of the Irish players just looking at all that green, just going. They're not building a golf course. <laughs> this you know, this, it's a lovely looking hotel over there. It's, put a golf course in it. We could, we could even <laughs> that, stay there. That's a lovely looking, that's a lovely looking place over there. We've kind of, I wonder who's staying over there. Uh, probably the Germans. This, yeah, probably the 17th century gardens and all this kind of stuff. It's absolutely incredible. Right. Well, good to hear. No, we'll yeah, be no, all, it's, it's all excuses. Nice place for the, for the Irish fans to hang out with their bags of cans. <laughs> so it uh, should be good. What's your prediction? All of our predictions. How are Ireland going to get through the group stage? We're going to finish third in the group, Owen. Uh, and we're going to, to get march through? to the last 16 hour for that. Who knows? Who knows? <laughs> Who knows? <laughs> Can I echo that? Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. exactly how I hope it will go. Yeah. I'll, um, I'll, I'll back us to finish in the top three out of four places. Yeah, I'm saying the same thing, third and through. Well, that really didn't work. <laughs> <laughs> you were hoping for a contentious debate. Yeah, I probably should have brought Second, it. Second, yeah. fourth, no, no, we're, we're, third's the spot for us. We're too damn honest. <laughs> All right, amazing stuff. Okay, I think we've got time for one more of these for 2015. Do we, Simon? Yeah, we do, yeah. I've got a call here that says, you're the most boring, predictable, condescending interviewer around. Go back to lecturing. You have the charisma of a sick bag. Oh, God. That's just it. I just wow. mentioned, not you, no me. Okay. Ain't nobody with my click. We don't normally click. broadcast click. all the, the stuff click. that comes from scum click. around the country. Ain't nobody fresher than my mug, mug. Click, 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 click. That's Richie. Uh, that's Pat Kenny, Richie. That's actually him. <laughs> that, that was I a, thought it was an impersonator Kenny, to begin uh, with. From his uh, RT radio show a number of years ago. Our favourite scumbag of the year, Murph, mm. <laughs> was Shua Zhan from China. Yes. He yeah. sent us a number of great emails. The Th- first one, I think, was basically he, he had said that he had uh, started listening to us during the, the World Cup in Brazil last year. And he's tuned in ever since. And he, he compared us to a Beckett drama. 
And then he told us a tale of himself and a couple of mates trying to transform an Italian flag into an Irish flag uh, in anticipation of the Ireland-Germany game. And uh, he's been at it again, He's been at it again. This time he's offered me tips on how I can conquer my slow reading issue. Do you remember this? It was something I mentioned on our sports book podcast. I need to read a lot of books for this job. Unfortunately, it takes me a long time to to get through one of them. Uh, my teacher, this is so. This is from our friend Shua Juan. Uh, this was something I met. Uh, sorry, my teacher used to tell me if I held the book further from my eyes, I could read it much faster because since I was already familiar with and capable of recognizing the shapes of most Chinese characters, in this way I'd be able to register them faster without focusing on every detail and every stroke of each character. Of course, Chinese is a written language. Many foreigners mistake Mandarin as a language, but it's just a way of pronouncing the language. In ancient times, when civil servants from different regions of China came to the capital to work together, a set of common pronunciations was needed. Hence, the so-called Mandarin was born. Hmm. That was a digression. We're back here. So I don't know if it works as well with a phonic spelling language, but I think maybe since you've encountered so many English words so many times already in your life, you can glance at them and recognise their shapes without pronouncing every word in your head, too. I really hope I don't sound like those crazy self-help gurus with their crazy methods, in inverted commas, uh, says our friend, who also says, I always love it when you talk about sports books. The first sports book I bought years ago was by a flamboyant Chinese football journalist, and it's still my favourite. It's a collection of his football columns with all kinds of ridiculously cheeky slash high-minded titles, including Cleopatra's Nose. Why don't you call your column Cleopatra's Nose, Ken? Uh, das Kapital of Chinese football, Black Hand, AWOL, Half Naked and Naked. Well, that's a lot of Richie's columns, in fairness. Yeah, in the, in the most of them. Yeah, The Dog Bites, Egg and Chicken, The Spirit of Tragedy, The Hooligan is Here, Daddy's Graveyard. Oh, there's a lot of them. I'd probably have mm. to stop at some stage. But it's it's crazy. Many others, which sadly wouldn't make any sense when translated into English. Thank you, Shua Juan. You are our favourite emailer of the year. Yeah, without a shadow of a doubt. Yeah. Um, Not our only I should say, Richie, yeah. actually, by the way, uh, that in his first email... What a he, great man to have in your corner, by the yeah. way. How thoughtful was that? Amazing. He, you know, that's really so that's good much. advice. Just hold it further yeah. away. I'm actually definitely going to try it. He he apologised in his first email for his terrible English. Uh, and <laughs> You're looking finished, at me here. Where's yeah. this going? No, no. Oh. Then he finished the email by saying, um, uh, when I read over this email, uh, I, I thought maybe I should throw in some exclamation marks, but my teacher told me that that might come across as a bit shouty. Now that I've read it and there are no exclamation marks, Maybe it seems a bit sarky. Please take it in the spirit in which it was offered. <laughs> it's like, and this, this guy's English is by a mile better good. than ours. Yeah, he, he was he was worried yeah. about his English. Well, there, was, yeah, go on. Well, there is one. There is one other listener that I think we should mention. It's the An international, the Peruvian guy that oh. attended our show in San Francisco. Johnny, Johnny Foley's Irish house. Johnny Foley's Irish house. Richie yeah. Sander was there. Yeah, yeah. 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 So we should we should send we should our props out to him. You enjoyed your first ever baseball game. I did. You look like you've forgotten about it entirely until right now. <laughs> yeah, it, it went on for about three hours or something, didn't it? Uh, uh, yeah, yeah we went and at one point you went for a walk. Yeah, yeah we, well, we went for a walk yeah. and then it, it finished. We, we we saw the final out was our, well, me and you and Owen were... No, I'd already gone with Simon because I did figure we were watching from a KNBR corporate box thanks to Brian Murphy. So yeah. I, I, that's not exactly the quintessential mm. baseball experience. Oh, it was me and you and Mark. We yeah. went for a walk. And we saw the final out. And then we but I, I, I think, and I, I had to stop, I was conscious after a while, I had to stop myself asking the same questions again and again. The rules? I, 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 <laughs> yeah. I, I'd never been in a conversation with anyone before about baseball or what's involved during a match. And when I did the start thing, I was asking Murph and US mm-hmm. Murph and News, and then I was after a while going, right, just pretend you get this. <laughs> Ken just didn't ask any questions. He just... No. Just there were hot dogs in Ken's mind. So that was it. Yeah, but it was amazing that you, like, you, you, you could... You could ignore what's going on in the pitch and have a load of chats. You know, you could walk around the stadium and come back and 
you didn't feel like you'd missed out. You'd, obviously, you can't do that. Some literally football. hadn't missed a thing. Some call that boring, Ken, but <laughs> yeah. of course you would strongly disagree. All right, that's it for 2015. Yeah, yeah, Richie, thanks so much for everything through the year. Unbelievable. Pleasure, lads. Uh, thanks very much, Murph. Thank you, Owen. Thank you, Ken. Thanks, Ken. Thank thanks, you, Richie. Richie. Owen, thank you, Karen. Thank you, Richie. You can say thanks back. Yeah. Thanks, lads. That's perfect. Uh, we'll, <laughs> we'll play it. We've got to play it with Shane Long, don't we? Yeah. We'll play it again. Ha! All right, Happy New Year. Roll on Euro 2016. And Randolph sends it long. That's his kind of size. Shane Long. Shane Long's in behind the defence. Shane Long against Moyer.